Welcome back to a Mavs Outsider podcast with your host Dustin. Uh, doing a post game pod for the Mavs, uh, probably last two games. Um, I could talk about the uh, Milwaukee game, but uh, Dallas has played twice since I last did a pod. They they had a loss to Milwaukee and then the, a loss to the uh, Jazz on Christmas Day. And we'll go ahead and start there. Um, so basically, both games for the Mavs were a, b- a bunch of G League players. The Mavericks have a ton of guys out um, on uh, the COVID protocol, health and safety protocols. Now for Milwaukee, you know, Giannis didn't play, DiVincenzo, Bobby Portis, none of those guys played. So kind of helped them out. Uh, you know, they, they still lost by seven, which isn't terrible. Uh, you know, they they were pretty much, they were in the game. You know, they they didn't look terrible. A couple bright spots uh, were things like Marquise Chris, you know, had 13 points. You know, he had, he did foul out. He had five rebounds, but three of them offensively. Uh, Jalen Brunson had a decent game. You know, he had 19. Nilakina had a pretty good game. Uh, you know, he scored 14. I, I think the biggest thing was basically Nilakina and Dorian Finney-Smith kind of shot the Mavs out of the game. <laughs> you know, uh, both of them shot, you know, like Nilakina shot 20% from three. Took 10 three-pointers, only making two. And Dorian Finney-Smith took nine, only making two. And that really hurts you. You know, that that's the biggest complaint, you know, I usually have with, you know, Tim Hardaway Jr. and Reggie Bullock, you know, so far this year. And even with Tim Hardaway last year, you know, Tim Hardaway would shoot him out of games. But, you know, as far as, you know, Tim Hardaway being out and, you know, Bullock being out, you know, some of these guys came in that uh, some of the new guys that kind of came in and played. You know, we've seen Pinson already and Chris, but, you know, we got to see Brandon Knight, which was an interesting um, signing. You know, Brandon Knight has really been irrelevant for a long time now. Early in Knight's career, he was a decent player. Nothing great, but he was decent. Um, when he was with Phoenix, I believe, uh was probably his best times early in his career. But towards the end, injuries just basically kept him for playing, and he's pretty much been irrelevant since. And he's, he's pretty much irrelevant. I, he's probably not an NBA player. Um, Carlick Jones got some minutes. He didn't do a lot. He didn't score. He missed two shots. He did have three assists, but uh, it was good seeing him out there. You know, I... I He's one of the guys I wanted them to, you know, bring in. Um, I, I just wanted to see him get a shot. Unfortunately, Amarui had an injury, so, you know, he's the other. Um, he was another two-way guy that you kind of missed out on his chance to play. But um, And we'll get to him in a moment. But, uh, you know, guys like, you know, Sterling Brown has been better since coming back from his injury he played. Uh, Dwight Powell actually had a, 
an okay game. My problem with you know you know Dwight Powell was five for five and one for one and three pointers. You know he had twelve points. My biggest thing you know with Powell and it always seems to be that way is the fact that you know he played twenty one minutes and he got three rebounds, and that that just can't happen. You know, it, it you you know the Mavs were out rebounded. You know forty seven to forty three. And when your center, your starting center is grabbing three rebounds, how do you expect to, you know, I expect to compete in the in the paint. Um, Sterling Brown had 13 rebounds. He was their leading rebounder, surprisingly. And, you know, he had three offensive, but, you know, 10 defensive. But, uh, you know, Sterling Brown struggled at the beginning of the year, and then he was out with injury, but... You know, since returning from his injury, he's actually been a good player, and I'm, I'm happy to see that because I, I think they're going to need Sterling Brown. I like the fact that Sterling Brown doesn't make a lot of money. You know, he's not really a high-paid guy. So that's kind of one of the reasons why I haven't complained about him too much. You know, I, I complain a lot about Hardaway is because, you know, Hardaway's making $21 million. I mean, he's taking up a huge chunk of your cash, and he's giving you nothing, and that's that's very difficult, even with Dorian Finney-Smith's early struggles. You know, he was he's not making $4 million. You know, you can't expect a lot out of a guy who doesn't make a lot. So I, that's just, you know, one thing I was happy to see was Sterling Brown play well. I hope it translates to the other guys when they come back, you know, being out and being able to kind of turn around their season. Uh, you know, the next game was obviously the Christmas night game. I, you know, this was another game that was even worse than um, as far as the number of Mavs players to show up or be able to play in this game. Dorian Finney-Smith was out. Now one good thing was Porzingis was back. Porzingis did play. Uh, You know, Brandon Knight, George King was a guy they brought in, and he played. Charlie Brown was another one. They they brought him in, and he played. Uh, Porzingis had 27 points and 9 rebounds. Uh, That's pretty good. Uh, You know, Sterling Brown had 9 points and was 3 for 3 for his first 3-pointers. You know, he only had 3 rebounds that game, but, you know, when Porzingis was back, Porzingis was getting more. Powell actually got more rebounds at 7. The problem is, is you know, they Rudy Gobert got eleven rebounds, and uh, Whiteside got seven. Um, even uh, Clarkson had eight, and Conley had seven. I mean, they, they really rebounded the ball really well, and Dallas didn't. Chris had five. Chris was not great. You know, he he only scored four. But you know, he's the guy that obviously I I think you can. You can you can keep on this team because I, I think he gives you more than Collie Stein. As far as the other guys, you know, Brendan Knight actually didn't have a terrible game. He he seemed like he kind of turned it over a few more times. Like his passes didn't look that great. I didn't know what was going on with that, but you know, I, maybe he's probably not used to the speed. Maybe if some minutes, like if somebody else picks him up, he gets some minutes. Maybe he shows to be a better player. He didn't shoot poorly. He was two for three from three, you know, four for four on his free throws. So, um, you know, I know a lot of people were excited about Brunson and scoring 27 points, but, 
man, he took 25 shots. That's a lot of shots. Um, I know you didn't really have a lot of guys to shoot, and I get that. Um, you know, Nilakina took 12, and Porzingis took 18. And Kristaps was really poor from three-pointer. He was 0 for 5. Um, that's, that's not going to get it done. But he was 11 for 13 on his free throws, which is something really good. Uh, you know, the fact that they only lost by four, I, I, I'm not one to believe in moral victories, and I don't think this was a moral victory. But I do find it funny that Utah kind of acted like they just won the title, and it's like Dallas is literally playing with like six guys on their roster, you know, and they, Utah had every single one of their guys, and it was just, it's tough. You know, it, it makes me kind of mad that some of these games, like, I think Philadelphia and Brooklyn, they got some of their games postponed. And it kind of it kind of goes back to the Mavs getting screwed again on this whole COVID thing, you know, having 11 guys out or whatever it was. And it's just like, let's postpone the game. But it's like, no, you can't. You know, but, you know, Philly got a postponement and Brooklyn got postponement. Chicago got postponement, but... Why not postpone a Mavs game? Come on, like give them a shot. You know, you you screwed them last year over it, and you're kind of screwing them again this year. But anyhow, I'm not gonna complain about it. It is what it is. I you know, best case scenario, if you know, the Mavericks have to perform when everybody gets back. That's when the we really see it. I don't. I'm not 100% sure what they're going to look like when they're all healthy again. It's been so long, I feel like, since I've seen a full and healthy team. I'm not 100% sure what it's going to look like. But, like I said, out of all these guys, to me, Marquise Chris is the only one I think you you should keep around. Uh, You know, Willie Cauley-Stein, he's out with personal reasons. I would just, if they waive him, I wouldn't be upset. Now, one player they did waive was their two-way guy, Amarui. Uh, he had foot surgery or whatever, and I think they basically, they put him out on waivers. Nobody's going to pick him up. They're 100% sure about that. And I think basically the idea is to be able to have that two-way contract to use on someone. And from what I understand is Pinson is available uh, or or allowed to have one of those two-way deals. Um, Pinson, I guess, only has been in the league three years, and I think that's kind of the cutoff time. Uh, Marquise Chris wasn't available to get it, but like I said, I, I do think they will wave Willie Cauley-Stein. I think they'll buy him out. I, I He can go somewhere else. I, I don't think they should even try to trade him. I think they should just let him go, wave him, and let someone pick him up. He's not going to help another team. I can't imagine him helping another team. Uh, you know, Maybe he will. I, I don't know. Maybe he gets some sort of change in mentality. I, I don't know. But looking at these other guys, even if even if they offer this that other two-way deal to someone like Carlick Jones and they let Pinson go, I'm not going to be upset about that. I Pinson was a good player. I you know, he he played well, but 
I, I think you can get from Sterling Brown or Reggie Bullock what you got from Pinson. Bullock should give you what you got from Pinson. And if Bullock can't, then that's where the problem is. Not, you know, you've already got a guy who's probably better than Pinson. And that, like I said, that's Bullock. I, I get it. He hasn't performed. And if you're not going to put Bullock in that spot, you've got to trade him. You've got to, you know, make a, uh, you've got to make a trade because you can't have both because you, you just, at this point, you're going to have too many guys and somebody's going to be out and, It'll probably be somebody like Josh Green, and as much trouble as I've given Josh Green about his early struggles, I, I really think the new coaching staff and their want and the the way they feel like they need to develop him, and I'm thinking that you know Cuban made it a priority to develop him, and the fact that he's getting minutes and playing and playing well. I would rather see Josh Green get those minutes over Pinson, and I would rather see Bullock get those minutes because I think at some point Bullock's just got to come around on a shooting. I just can't imagine Bullock shooting poorly for the entire season. I just can't think of a scenario where that happens. So I honestly think they'll either give that two-way deal to Jones or Pinson. Honestly, I'd like to see it go to Jones. I like Carlick Jones. I think he's a good player. I honestly think he can give you what Brunson can give you. I know a lot of people would disagree with that. There's a lot of people who, and I'm going to warn some of you, I'm going to say some things that a lot of people might disagree with, but I kind of think we overrate Brunson a bit. I, I do like Jalen Brunson. I do think he's a talented player, but one thing Brunson can't do is close a ball game. Brunson just cannot close a basketball game. He is a really, really good backup point guard, and I think that's where he's slotted. I think he's a really good backup point guard. I, I don't think he's a starter in this league. I, I just think that you can get the same thing. If, if you were to put, if you were to select 10 backup point guards and put them in a starter's role and give them 25 shots a game, I think they could score in the 20s every game. I mean, he had 25 shots. That's a lot of shots. You know, one thing that one thing I get a little frustrated with and with Brunson is he he tries to do too much. And I don't know if anybody's told him that he doesn't have to, but it's it's you know, when I go back and I look at um for for instance, for a really long time, you know, people have really gotten on to uh LeBron and Obviously, I, I'm not a LeBron fan at all. I, I really don't care for him. He's never been on the Mavericks, so as long as he's not on the Mavericks, I really I don't root for him, and there's no reason to. But one thing people really rag on him for, and it's only the haters and the people who don't understand, is when the end of the game comes and he gets double and triple team and it, a big shot needs to be made, he always passes it to the open guy and gives him a shot at it. And I always, I'm always, that, to me, that's always the right play, you know. I understand during a playoff, if you, you know, I, even during the playoffs, it, it's tough if, if your guy is double and triple teamed. And it, it's always better to pass it to the open guy. I, you know, you, it basically shows you have confidence in your teammates and you want to give them a shot to get an open shot 
And if they don't make it, you know, there might be guys available for a rebound. And you might be able to get another shot at it. But one thing I've noticed with Brunson is Brunson charges in the lane with two and three guys there. And he just won't give it up. He throws it for a shot. And it's just, it goes nowhere. It, there's no opportunity for an offensive rebound. And you know since he's doubled and tripled team that there's an open man just standing there waiting for the ball. And, you know, even Luca always finds the right guy open. And Dorian Finney-Smith and Maxi have shown that they can hit those shots, and they do hit those shots. You know, you just you got to give them the opportunity. And are they going to miss sometimes? Yeah, they are, and they have. But it also gives opportunity for offensive rebounds because – when they end up doubling and triple teaming Luca, that means there's a couple guys open who can, you know, charge at the the basket for an offensive rebound. And with Brunson, man, he, he really tries to win it. You know, it, it's almost like he does like a hero ball thing. And, you know, it either turns up into a turnover or a, you know, a really bad shot, forcing a shot. And I just you know, it, it's really frustrating. And, and for me, I, I I just don't... that Stuff like that doesn't excite me. And it's one of the reasons why they can't close games. You know, they one of the things that people were talking about is the record without Luka. The record without Luka is something like 3-8 and eight, and something about how they've lost all their games by less than 10 points or something like that. Well, there's a reason they're not winning them, and it's because they don't have a guy that can close a game. You know, Porzingis can't close a game. He's not that guy. You know, it's it's Luca. Luca's the closer. Luca's the guy that can bring him home, obviously. But when Luca's not there, you know, Brunson tries to do it. He just can't do it, and he he just needs to learn to find the open guy and let the open guy take the shot, not force it and just let it happen. And like I said, you know, I know 27 points is a lot. I get it. It's a good scoring game, but he took 25 shots. 25 shots is a lot of shots. And I just, I'm, I'm afraid Dallas is going to get into this position where they're going to overpay for him. And it, it kind of, to me, it's the position they're in with Tim Hardaway right now. You can get a guy like Tim Hardaway for less to do what Tim Hardaway does. I, I think, you know, I, I know I said it before, and it's like you could get Reggie Bullock. You know, Bullock could do what Hardaway does, you know. Obviously, Hardaway's already been benched because of his poor play. He can't defend. You know, they talk about Luka's numbers the defensive number when Luca's on the floor. It's not because Luca's on the floor. It's because he was starting with Hardaway and Powell. And they had no defense and no shooting on the floor for the first eight minutes of the game. And all of a sudden, you know, the bench comes in and the bench consisted of, you know, Nilakina and um, Bullock, who are your two best defenders. And all of a sudden, the defensive numbers looked better. And it's like, oh, well, now look at the defensive numbers when Luca's on it. Well, that's because your personnel is completely different, you know. And that's one of the reasons they took out um, Re- uh, Tim Hardaway and put in Reggie Bullock is because their defensive numbers with Powell 
and Hardaway were just atrocious. And at the start of the season, Dorian Finney-Smith was shooting so poorly that Luka had this streak of games of like 20, um, what was it? It was like somebody keeps an assist, uh, a track of uh, potential assists, and Luka had like three straight games where he could have had 20 assists. But they were just missed. They were they were just bricks. And, you know, I just I just get I get worried because I feel like Dallas might overpay for Bronson and then they're in a situation where they can't improve this team because you've got, you know, thirty percent of your salary cap tied up in two guys who are technically backups. You know, I don't think Hardaway is a starter. I think Hardaway is a bench player. He's he's not he doesn't play a starter role to me. To me, he's a better player coming off the bench because he can't defend and he's very streaky. He's a guy you bring off the bench and when you need offense and you let him shoot the ball and if he can hit it, that's great. If he can't, you pull him back out of the game and you give him another shot later. But, you know, Brunson's kind of the same way. Brunson's a guy you give I to me. I mean, Brunson, Goran Dragic made a career out of what Brunson's doing, and nobody's going to give Dragic a starter, a starting job. And I just, I, I know they, uh, the injury issues are a bit different. I get it. Dragic seems to be injured more. He's also older. But Dragic got a lot of money, and now look where he's at. He's, he's paid too much for what he does. And it kind of hampers your team to ability to do anything, and they ended up trading him because he, you know, Miami ended up trading him because he wasn't really worth the money they were paying him. And I just I worry about that happening with Brunson. You know, if it were me running the team, I would look to, I would call Philadelphia or Indiana, and I see what I can get for Hardaway and Brunson, and. If it's something good, I make that move. You know, I move from I move on from Tim Hardaway. I don't think Dallas will do that. Um, I, I don't think they're gonna trade either. I don't think Dallas is gonna make any moves. I think the most moves they'll do is wave Collie Stein and bring back Chris. That's it. That's the only move I think they'll make. Um, you know, when I'm reading Twitter, one of the things I see are these articles by everybody about Oh, Mavericks should pursue this guy. Mavericks should pursue that guy. Mavericks should pursue this guy. And it's like, come on. Who's who's writing these things? It's not going to happen. Every team should be pursuing somebody. But at the end of the day, somebody's got to pull that trigger and actually do it. And 90% of the time, owners are too scared to. GMs are too scared to. And they're just not going to do it. And when it comes to a team like the Mavericks, the way they've been run the last 10 years... There's a 0% chance they're going to make any of those moves. They're not going to make any of those moves. Of course Dallas should you know, go after them. It's like trades Dallas should make. Yeah, Dallas should make a lot of trades, but they're not going to make them. And I, I, know, I don't know if there's people out there who enjoy those articles. Maybe there are. For me, I don't read them. I think they're dumb. I, I just think they're pointless when you have a owner who isn't interested in doing things like that. You know, the his first 10 years of his ownership, he was interested in doing that and every team every year was different and 
it was always interesting to see who was what was going to be done at the trade deadline. But over the last 10 years, this is it's not the same way. It, nothing's run the same way. And I don't expect anything to change. The only way, way I expect anything to change is if something changes with the attitude of some of the players. If there's players on this team, and by that I mean pretty much Luca, who's tired of losing, and he makes the comment that he's tired of losing, I could see Mark Cuban panicking and making panic trades. But until Luca makes that comment, I, I just don't think he will. You know, he's not going to go into the luxury tax. He doesn't think it's worth it. He's not going to pay it. So that that's kind of one reason why I don't think they'll pay Jalen Brunson. I, I think they'll, at most, they'll sign and trade him in the offseason and make that move. But I can't imagine them signing him to a big contract and... You know, having him and Luca and Porzingis and Hardaway and even Powell's making a lot of money, just taking up a lot of the, you know the entire salary cap, and all of a sudden you've got you know two you know obviously Luca is an all star and Porzingis is a borderline all star, but then three guys who are bench players, you know, taking up an entire salary. You know that's where the the Lakers are at right now. You know, the Lakers have three guys who are taking up the entire salary cap. And when you're over the cap, you have to operate un, uh, with different, you know, rules. And there's this, there's a, you know, you can be over the cap and still under the luxury tax. And I think right now Dallas is over the cap, but they're under the luxury tax. So that's kind of where they're operating. But, you know, like I've said in the past, it, it, Dallas should call Atlanta and find out if, you know, Atlanta's serious about trading Reddish and not taking in, you know, they don't want to take back any salary. So using that trade exception and then giving them a pick. Give them that 2025 pick if they take, if they want it, you know, give it to them. Uh, Dallas, Cam Reddish is better, is a better player than anything Dallas would be able to pick at the number 20 spot or whatever it'll be when that time comes. So, I think Dallas should look at that. And like I said, I, I think Dallas should look at um, Dallas should look at the trading Tim Hardaway Jr. and um, even Brunson and trying to get somebody like Ben Simmons or um, even uh, the guy from Sabonis from Indiana. As, uh, as far as other things going on around the NBA, not really a lot. You know, I'm, I'm doing this uh, pod on a Sunday evening. Um, you know, I went out of town for the holidays, so I wasn't able to do, you know, a post game for the, for the Milwaukee game. So, um, you know, some of the games going on right now, you know, I like Cleveland's playing right now, and they're just shellac in Toronto. But... You know, some of the Christmas Day games were kind of interesting. You know, the Knicks, uh, the Knicks beat the Hawks, you know, watching that game. You know, Kimba Walker was a guy that I thought Dallas could steal away. I don't think Kimba's making a lot of money, and I thought Dallas could steal him when he got benched. 
But at this point, Kim is playing a lot better. His value's gone way up, and I, you know, I don't think Dallas will be able to get him for anything. Like it's pointless trying to trade for him now. Um, you know, I thought they could get him for nothing when, uh, when he was you know not playing. But the fact that he's played so well in the last several games, I, I think his value's gone up, and some other team will come in and you know get him and. He'll play, and he'll play well. You know, he is a defensive liability, but he can score the ball. So, uh, you know, Milwaukee beat Boston. Uh, it seemed like Boston was winning the entire game until, you know, Milwaukee kind of took the lead and took over at the end. You know, the Warriors and the Suns was a really good game. It seemed like everybody was out there and everybody was playing. Warriors were missing a couple guys. I think Wiggins wasn't playing. I don't think Jordan Poole or Damian Lee. They were missing guys, but they they played really good. And once Clay comes back, um, the Brooklyn game, the Brooklyn-LA game was the one that interested me because, you know, Brooklyn's kind of sort of in the same boat as Dallas. Now, they don't have as many guys out. But most of their main guys are out. You know, Durant didn't play. Obviously, Irving hadn't played. Um, Aldridge is a big part of their offense. He didn't play. And Harden did play. And Harden got a triple-double. Um, it was it was funny watching Brooklyn beat the Lakers. The Lakers really struggle. Um, especially, you know, they don't have Anthony Davis anymore. Uh, he's out four to six weeks. Patty Mills killed it in this game. Patty Mills was unstoppable. It was fun to watch him play. Um, you know, Patty Mills is a guy Dallas should have gone after. And when I talk about there are guys out there that are just like Brunson, but you can get for cheaper. Patty Mills is one of them. You know, even Drogic is one another one. You know, Drogic I assume will get bought out, and at some point Dallas will probably either trade or buy out Burke or something and bring in Drogic. But, you know, watching, you know, the Laker Brooklyn, you know, LeBron had 39. He did all he could do. Uh, you know, Westbrook had 13 points. Westbrook was four for 20 on his shooting. He just, he had 12 rebounds and 11 assists. And I know that's great that he got that triple-double. But what really hurt them were those points. And because, and, and it goes back to, you know, what I, I've been saying about some of the other guys. Some people like that, they'll shoot you out of games. You know, the consistent missing of shots gives the other team the ball and a chance to score the basketball. And it just, Westbrook was awful. Um, Taylor Horton Tucker was okay. You know, Lakers fans are so delusional when it comes to available players that are, you know, that teams are making available for trade, the rumor, you know. The Lakers think they can get anybody. Now, I think they think, I think it's funny that they think Westbrook is an asset. The only asset they have is Taylor Horton Tucker. Taylor Horton Tucker's a good player. He's not making a ton of money, and he's still got room to grow. He is an asset. He's a legitimate asset. I'll give you that. But they also think Kendrick Nunn is an asset. Kendrick Nunn is not an asset. Kendrick Nunn's can be found in the G League all over the place. 
Heck, Dallas. I, I think Pinson is just as good, if not better, than Kendrick Nunn. Because Pinson can defend. I don't even, I don't think Nunn can defend. So the only asset they have is Taylor Horton Tucker. And I think he only makes like $10 million around that area. Maybe it's like 8 to 11. I can't remember what it was, but it's not a lot. They Westbrook is not being traded. Nobody is taking that train wreck. No one is taking that train wreck. I can't I can't imagine a team taking that contract on. I, I can't even imagine Houston trading Westbrook for John Wall again. I just don't think I just don't think that happens. John Wall is the only player that's probably available that makes enough money to match what Westbrook makes. You know how many players that teams would have to put together to get to that $40 million that Westbrook makes? You know, there's not a lot of just contracts sitting out there ready to be traded. I know people think that Kevin Love is a guy who's available. I don't think Kevin Love's available. I really don't. I, I think Kevin Love is happy. In Cleveland, because they're winning. Kevin Love right now has 22 points. It's the third quarter, and they're up 109 to 78. Kevin Love has 22 points and nine rebounds. He's six for nine on his threes. He's he's not going anywhere. I think Kevin Love stays in Cleveland. I, I don't think that Cleveland makes any moves. I think Cleveland sticks with the team they have, mostly because. They have a really good team, and they're building off of what Darius Garland and Evan Mobley are giving them. Now, Mobley is out probably with the safety protocols, and they're missing Okoro, who is another guy who is just a fantastic player for them. But I saw somebody saying that Lakers should trade for Rubio and Love, and it's like, who says Rubio and Love are available? The Cleveland Cavaliers are sitting in the what is that fifth spot in the Eastern Conference, and they got the same number of losses as Milwaukee, who's in the third spot. They all have 13 losses. Milwaukee's just played more games. So Cleveland isn't making any moves. Cleveland's the best they've been without LeBron James since before they drafted LeBron James. They've never been this good without LeBron. They're not going to ruin it by trading off two guys that are huge contributors to their team. So um, as far as, you know, I always kind of look at the standings. Um, they kind of look the same. The Wizards were a team that's dropped in the standings, but they have sort of hit, you know, they're, they're three and seven in their last ten. But they are on a two-game winning streak, so they have kind of moved their way up. They're sixth place, which isn't bad. It's kind of where I see them finishing unless, you know, something happens with Philly. You know, Atlanta still, and, and New York for that matter, still on the outside looking in. I do see New York making a move. I really do think that New York is the team that gets Jeremy Grant because I think they could trade Julius Randle. And I do think Detroit would take Julius Randle. I think Julius Randle fits what they got going. He's a younger player, I think, than Jeremy Grant. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but I think he is a bit younger. Um, I could be wrong, but I, I just feel like uh, 
Randall would fit that Detroit team. Even if he didn't, you know, maybe there could be some sort of three-way deal and Dallas could move in on that. And I joke around, but Dallas really should. You know, Randall would fit this team because Randall in New York right now has to be their best player. You know, New York doesn't have the guys to, you know, like Randall's their best player. I mean, that's why they're 12th. Randall had an incredible season last year. He overachieved, and they finished, what was it, fourth in the East. But he's kind of down back to earth, and they're 12th. But if Randall's playing in Dallas, he doesn't have to be their best player. He doesn't even have to be their second best player. Porzingis could be that. He just has to be their third best player and you know contribute with things like points in the paint and rebounding and sort of defending that center position when Porzingis isn't in the game cuz he's a guy you can play next to Porzingis so you know i, I to me guys like Sabonis and um Randall and even Jeremy Grant are guys you could put next to Porzingis now Porzingis or not Porzingis a Grant can't play the center position like like i think uh, Randall and Sabonis could but I just think if you were to somehow get Sabonis or Randall next to Porzingis and put you know Powell either in the trade or on the bench, then you've made your team way better. So as far as you know, like the West, it's still kind of the same. Um, the top three teams are the same. I think they're going to be the same throughout the entire year. Uh, the Clippers lost Paul George for several months. I don't know, you know, he tore a ligament in his elbow. They, I thought it said, when I saw the, the report, it was two to three months. I don't know where that puts the Clippers. I don't know if they're going to fall in the standings. Uh, if, if I were to predict, I would say that the Clippers would fall behind Denver because, you know, Jokic is back and they're starting to win some games. You know, they're 5-5 five and five in their last 10. I, I would say that Denver passes the Clippers. Um, you know, the Clippers somehow got to the fifth spot. I I can't I can't foresee the Lakers passing them right now because the Lakers have a lot of problems, and the Lakers haven't even had uh, hardcore like. And not that I'm saying they will, but you know, Lakers didn't go through any of the protocols with their best players. You know, they are missing Davis with injury, but you know. LeBron, I guess LeBron was out with COVID already once, but he only missed a couple of games, and they had Davis during that stretch. And then, you know, Westbrook hadn't got in, and none of the, I guess Carmelo's one of their main guys, and Taylor Horn Tucker. So, you know, the Lakers actually survived that without too much of, you know, missing personnel, but their problem is they're just not a good team. You know, they put all their money into Westbrook, and now they just got a bunch of, you know, role players out there that they need to contribute and they just don't have that ability. Uh, I could see if Dallas were to get healthy, I could see Dallas passing the Clippers. You know, Dallas has fewer losses than the Lakers, but Lakers have more wins because they've played more games. Dallas does play tomorrow night against Portland. Now, Portland's really struggling, really bad. They're 2-8 and eight in their last 10. Um, 
Dallas does, I think, get Dorian Finney-Smith and Josh Green for that Portland game. Uh, that that means that's more time for the rotational guys and less time for these G League guys. That King character that was on their team really didn't give them anything. Um, I don't know if, what kind of minutes Brandon Knight will get. Um, I could see King being kind of the odd man out at this point, maybe even Charlie Brown. I, I do believe Pinson and Chris will stay even, you know, until the other guys come back. Um, I could see either King or Brown going, or even Brandon Knight. I think Jones will kind of stick around. Not because I, I think they need him or want him. I, I just think since he's with the Legends, I could see Jones sticking around. I don't know. I, I kind of think Jones gets that two-way contract. I, I don't know if Pinson gets it. Pinson's played well, but I just don't think Pinson's worth the deal. And I know a lot of people are excited about him, but there's a reason he was available. And I just, I just don't think, I just don't think he's the guy you want to keep. I think Jones, Carlick Jones, is the guy you want to keep because at the end of the day, if you do end up moving Brunson, you're gonna need that replacement. I'm not saying Jones can be that. But what I am saying is I think Jones has the ability to give you what Brunson has given you. You know, you got to think Br- Jones is in his first year and you know, he's an older player just like Brunson. Brunson wasn't exactly a game changer in his rookie year either. You know, he got minutes, but I I just think that the two-way deal should go to Carlick Jones. I, I just, I'm okay if they let Pinson go. Pinson will probably end up on another team, and that's great. That's good for him. He really, um, you know, he earned it. But I, I think I, I would like to see Josh Green get those minutes that some people want Pinson to get. And I'd rather see Bullock. And you have to play Hardaway because you've you've got a ton of money in him. So you've got to play him. So. I just, I just hope that you know, tomorrow night against Portland, you do see Josh Green get a lot of minutes, and you do see Josh. I mean, I want to see Josh Green get like twenty-five to thirty minutes. I really want to see that. I want to see Josh Green, Josh Green play the majority of those minutes because I want to see, I want to see him play as if he is a normal rotation guy. You, that's you've got to put him in those positions. You got to see what he can do. I know he can defend. And I, I honestly think he's a better player than Pinson. And that's why I'm okay if they let him go and keep Carlick Jones. So um, San Antonio's, funny enough, moved into that 10th spot. Um, they've been playing well. They've won two in a row. New Orleans has won four in a row. I, I still, I'm not a big believer in them. So, eh, it is what it is. But, uh I guess I'm going to go ahead, go ahead and end it there. Like I said, the Mavs do play Monday night against Portland. It's a later game for us here. I'll probably do a pod Tuesday because the game is so late. And uh, hopefully Dallas can pull off the win. Hopefully Dallas can, you know, play their rotational game. Get more minutes for Green. Get some, you know, get Dorian out there. Dorian contributing. 
and just kind of hold the fort down until some of these guys can start coming back. I know a few of them have got to be coming back soon. Um, I feel like Maxi and Hardaway should be coming back soon. I want to say those were the first few guys on the, the, the protocol list, so those guys got to be coming back soon. So uh, hopefully after the Portland game is when we start seeing guys sprinkle in. So uh, until next time, if you would like to follow me on Twitter, you can at the Mavs Outsider. And if you would, rate and review your podcast wherever it is you, wherever it is you get your podcast. And until next time, we'll see you later.